Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. Podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're going to talk to Ron Surgeon in Memphis, Tennessee about reaching every segment of society in a no-place-left strategy. Uh, in Memphis, uh, aiming to see um, the 1.4 million of the Memphis metro area um, saturated with multiplying disciples and churches to the fourth generation and beyond. And so we want to see like all people groups have an opportunity to respond to the good news of Christ. So that's what I'm doing here within the city and mobilizing as many people as possible uh, to see the dream come to pass. Well, tell us um, how that's unfolded so far. Um, it's unfolded in, in multiple ways. Um, and so I think the last time we talked, uh, we were just starting in church planting. I think that was 2014, maybe. And um, so we multiplied over over 20 churches that year, I believe. And uh, and we had some attrition in some of the low-income communities. Then we had lost about maybe nine churches because of you know people moving to different areas, getting evicted from their places. Um, and so we had the church planning team to move to more sustainable areas and, uh, while simultaneously continuing the work in some of those lower income places. And, uh, so 2015 rolled around, we continued to, um, form church, new church planting teams, um, and mobilizing other pre-existing believers, uh, doing house of peace searches, et cetera. Um, so we have, we're, we're like in. Stage three, I guess, um, emerging CPM. So we have like uh, several streams, four streams of third generation churches, multiple second generation churches, and first generation. Um, uh, we just had a church planted last week at the U of M um, with What's a team of football. Excuse me. What, what is that? We just had a, um, a church planted last week through uh, this the U of M, University of Memphis. Yeah, and it's a third generation church, and so. What do you uh, mean by third generation church? So we had a first generation church planted um, through new believers, uh, people who have come to faith in Christ, baptized, gathered together, committed to obeying Jesus, and living out the identity of Acts two thirty seven through forty seven, and uh, they sent out leaders, and those people started a new church. And then um, one of the leaders from that church led a, um, a football player to faith, and that football player led one of his uh, friends to faith. And I think four more people came to faith as a result of that and were baptized and covenant together to be church for, uh, for the college. So what's a stream? Um, a stream would be uh, a church that reproduces another and reproduces another, reproduces another. So we call those streams. Um, so there's an initial group, um, church that reproduces and multiplies. We have some uh, group with Anglos. We have um, Hispanic groups. We have uh, an Iranian uh, a three-thirds group. We have... Um, different segments that are being reached to. Um, we have a church planted among the wealthy segment 
society. We have uh, uh, our house church being mobilized among the medical community now. And through that, we started developing shepherding teams um, because, you know, we were mobilizing apostolic people mm-hmm. and realized that um, that there are people who they want to participate in the kingdom and um, they may not be the apostolic type, but they, they're willing to settle in and do the long-term discipling work. Okay. And so, <clears throat> and so we wanted to create what we call shepherding teams. And these are people who will um, go into the homes and do the long-term discipling work with people that we call yellow lights. And so yellow lights are the people who have heard the good news of Christ, but have not committed to following Jesus, but are interested in learning more. Um, and so he's working through a medical doctor to actually see uh, that happen. So did a L1 training with them. L1 training, what's that? Yeah, so level one tra- training is uh, when we uh, train people in their identity and teach them how to connect with the loss. So they create maps of relationships. Uh, and this could be, this could include family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, etc. Just grouping all these people in a map format uh, who may not know the Lord. Uh, and then we taught them how to how to share the good news. And so we use a simple tool we call the three circles uh, for this segment and um, and train them. And they recruited some uh, some believers from the same some more doctors to train. And those doctors recruited um, some of their patients uh, who were believers and equip and mobilize them. And then those patients are leading discovery Bible studies in the homes of people who have come to faith in Jesus, but not willing, have not yet uh, repented, but are willing to learn more. And so uh, that was our means of um, involving anyone who had a heart to participate in the kingdom and the kingdom's advancement and not just only the apostolic and evangelistic guys. So there's some people that are just, they just want to be out sharing the gospel, finding God-prepared people. Mm-hmm. Then, then there's probably a, a larger group that are really sat, happy when, when, when those people who are ready to learn more pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring those who have shepherding gifts to, to, mm-hmm. to sit down and, and, and help them do discovery Bible study while the evangelist, apostle types, get on and find some more God-prepared people. Right, right. Okay, and how's that working? Um, Right now it's going good. Yeah, Yeah, so we're at the beginning stages of that. Um, It's really exciting at this this moment Um, because, you know, the goal is total gospel saturation, and we want to see as many people involved in this work as as possible. Dr. Carey uh, trained um, Rachel and then um, Rachel then had shared with some some patients. Um, the patients um, were already believers, and so they trained those patients in discovery Bible study. Trained those patients in uh, the three thirds process. Cast vision to them on hopes of continuing uh, with other people who are also patients, um, but have heard the gospel but are not yet willing to learn more. And so. Um, 
that patient, say her name is Veronica. Uh, Veronica started meeting with uh, Marsha and her kids in Discovery Bible Study. We just recruited um, a Vietnamese church that has committed to 12 months of uh, training and coaching with them. Uh, we've recruited multiple Baptist churches within the city and non-denominational churches. And so we asked from the very from the outset um, that if we could come in and do like a four-week training with them, uh, inform some teams out of that, and if they would give us 12 to 18 months of coaching. Because uh, we've, we've seen time and time again, you know, like I was training a church in Olive Branch, and, uh, and we did like four weeks of training, and the pastor... The past pastors usually think, well, if we can do this quick training, maybe we can get some, it'll just blow up and happen. You know, like the multi- the multiplication would happen, and we know that it doesn't work like that. But they think we can, you can program it, and it, it'll just, you have Chia Pet disciples and, and new churches spreading all over the place. Um, and so we learned from that, from training multiple churches and uh, switching from doing the three touches to multiple touches because it's, it's, it's just not getting to the generational growth that we know uh, is necessary for movement. Um, so, so throughout the week, uh, we going through the through the four the four fields um, each week for four weeks, and after that, uh, we assimilate teams, form teams, and then go in and do monthly training and coaching uh, for a period of twelve. 12 months and so we've been experimenting with this in Alabama and um, and we just we're seeing now we're just starting to see like great things happen and, uh, and so we feel like that's a model to use across the board give us an example of some of those great things um, just here's a, a simple small example you know we've had a, a team um, who had they, it's about eight of them. They had um, they were already being coached by someone else, and they really didn't have good leadership. But um, in a period of 365 days, they shared the gospel 30 times. And so um, we go in, we train, we coach, we raise the bar up, and that gospel, um, that gospeling went up from. 30 times in 365 days to 46 times in 30 days. Okay. And so things like that are, are happening. Okay. And um, so it's a strategy to, to get that level one training out and then um, sort of leverage the pioneering types and the shepherding types. So you both, there's a, there's a, you're moving forward and you're consolidating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the fruit of that has been multiple, three streams of third generation disciples and churches. Yeah, and most of that that work that I mentioned of that did not um, came out of one one network. Okay, and so we, there are multiple. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot going on. There are multiple networks um, that are being engaged and mobilized. And one particular network, well, two particular network are seeing lots of generational growth. And that's where uh, Zach and I are um, primarily, primarily doing our coaching and leading. And what is it about that network that 
stands out? Um, just the, the time and investment, you know. Um, and, you know, these are people who have been through the process, been through the ringer. Um, they've been with us since we first started aiming for church. I think we first started aiming for church in 2014. Uh, and so we had new teams to develop out of that first team. And I just think it's the care, the, the care, um, the life on life, life and truth in, in the context of relationship. Um, the weekly three-thirds process has helped get to that. Um, not spreading ourselves too thin. Uh, we kind of honed in on doing the House of Peace searches because we were out there a whole lot in 2014, and we kind of drew back on that for 2015 and even to this day. Um, but we have new teams who are just getting started, and they're doing lots of House of Peace searches. But some of these streams that I mentioned before, they're not doing as many House of Peace searches now. Um, but we do have, like for a third-generation church, we have a, a House of Peace search scheduled for April 30th. And the purpose is so we can bring about sustainability to some of these churches. We want to have multiple families meeting together and not just single families. Um, so families have turned to Christ, and you might just have one family unit that mm -hmm. uh, are being discipled and want to be church together, but you're linking them with other families and groups so yes. you've got a sustainable church. Yeah, that's what we're aiming for now. That's what we're working on now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sustainability, well, leadership development. So tell me more about sustainability. What was the problem there? Um, and so we're, we're just looking at um, – so in thinking last last December, uh, we went through a training and uh, to be to a strategy coordinator training. And so uh, to help us reach the city, reach all the segments of the city, mm -hmm. and to think about and the long term growth, health, reproduction, multiplication, and uh, and to minimize attrition. Okay. Uh, so we have a lot of churches. Some people are, we have churches that are meeting together and it's just five of them. Um, some of them, is, they're three. Three people. Uh, yeah, three people. Yeah. And some uh, are 12, you know, but so with the ones with the small numbers, if the household can sustain it, we we're we're trying to see other families engrafted into that, so we're adding to the church and not and not only just multiplying through it. Yeah, and is part of that because it's it's harder to get critical mass mm -hmm. and momentum when in in an urban setting, people mm -hmm. sort of live fairly isolated lives. If it was less urban, the gospel would be spreading faster. And you'd you'd get a sufficient number quicker, right? So you're you're having to uh, sort of meld people together who have have just come to faith, yeah. So that the the because you're picking up the churches weren't sustaining. Mm -hmm. People were moving on, and all of a sudden, there's nothing left. Yeah, but um, and that was more the low income communities, and even mm -hmm. even in some of the other communities where we we're having. Uh, 
some of these churches in the third generation. We had a church that started among like the uh, the recovery community. It's a third generation church. Uh, but at the same time, we have a small group of um, four meeting together. Um, they covenant together to be church. And so we're asking, it's like if, if somebody dies or somebody moves away or a couple people moves away, what's going to happen with it, with the community? What's going to happen with the church? Hmm. And, um, and we know that if we could have more families um, added, added to that, uh, if somebody dies, somebody gets sick, people move away, uh, the church can continue to keep their identity, continue to function together as a family, and and reproduce and multiply. Mm-hmm. And we can look back over the shoulder of time and see it still standing. That's the hope. Yeah. And what, what do you think that minimum size is that you want to aim for? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say. In certain um, certain areas, we're looking at five. And in other areas, we're looking at um, eight. And then in other areas, we're looking at 12 to 15. Hmm. And so... Um, the and key these, thing uh, you're looking for is generational growth. But hmm. what you've picked up is if we're forming churches that are too small, they might reproduce for a little while, but then they just may evaporate because there wasn't enough sort of if someone leaves, all of a sudden we're not viable. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's not a huge number. Uh, it's just more than a single family unit or a couple of neighbours. Yeah, correct. Mm. Okay. Yes. What other challenges are you you're facing, uh, Ron, and, and, and what are you learning as you, you sort of take them on? Challenges? Um um, one challenge is um, getting because we have a three year, um, what do you call it? Three year benchmark, and the three year benchmark is to see um, fourth generation churches and beyond in in um, multiple social segments, and so the challenge is actually doing what it takes to make that happen, to see that come to, come to pass. Um, so we've begun, begun to answer that through, um, we formed an apostolic coalition mm-hmm. um, to help us face those challenges. And these guys have, um, they have taken responsibility for each of those social segments. And so a, a few would be like the government and wealthy, Segment. We just had a generation, a Gen Zero church started among um, the wealthy community. What's a Gen Zero church? Gen Zero church is a church um, that a group of believers who have covenant together um, who were pre-existing. Okay, so you only start counting uh, when when it's a church formed with mostly new believers. That's Correct. Gen One. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so that's one segment. We have the the immigrants um, and the low income community. That's a, those are the other segments. The professional and educational community, um, the religious. So thinking about the Buddhist, um, the Hindu community, the Islamic community. Uh, yeah. So we have blue collar is another social segment, 
And so we have guys in this apostolic coalition who have taken responsibility for each of those segments. And we're seeing some gen, uh, gen growth in a, in a few of them. And so our, our three-year benchmark is to see fourth-generation church and beyond um, in each of those segments to help us um, assess whether we're actually accomplishing gospel saturation or not. Okay. And so, because you realize we we're not going to reach the whole city if we're just targeting one particular segment. Mm -hmm. Some people need to do that because that's their heart and burden. So you just want to make sure we have a multiplying stream in every segment of society. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so we have a guy who's um, has targeted one area and seen some, um, Believers from Muslim background um, come to faith and up to the second generation. And now there's a, um, a discovery Bible study happening in the Middle East from from here uh, through through a family. So what if, if families come to faith in Memphis and then the gospel's gone to to where they've come from in the Middle East? Right. Correct. And how yeah. did that happen? Did they visit home, or was it over the internet? Uh, it happened over the internet. Uh, we and so we had um, um, a guy. His name is Ray Sater. He's one of our trainees, and he's a good friend of mine, and um, a guy that I've invested in and mobilized. He's a part of the Apostolic Coalition, um, and so he leads um, an Iranian um, to faith in Christ, and that guy. Um, led his wife um, to faith and he also led his cousin uh, who's also in Iranian um, Muslim background to faith and um, he started that cousin um, started a discovery Bible study through the internet uh, with a family member back home wow that's wonderful so yeah. Memphis to the world right 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 so we're local mm. global and local Anything else that really stands out in terms, I'm, I'm just thinking, especially in terms of how do we see healthy multiplication happening um, on multiple streams? What, what would you say you've learned over the last year about that? What are the key stands at, standouts? Um, one key thing is um, to, not, to not feel limited um, to to where where I should in, insert myself on my generational map, and so if I'm if I'm looking at myself at the top of the generational map, and I'm looking down in uh, one stream that's in its third generation, to feel the freedom to go insert myself into wherever on that map to do coaching, uh, maybe to redo training and to reinsert DNA. What's the role of existing churches in all of this? Um, well, we're trying to turn, like my the church that I'm a part of, trying to turn that into a, a training center. And so, uh, you know, we have a few people who have been, who um, may not want to do exactly what some of these church planning teams are doing, but they want to see the gospel advance and they want to make disciples. 
And so uh, we'll call the training by another name and just insert the same um, resources and um, equip them in that so we can just mobilize as many people for the kingdom as possible and turn the church into a, a training center. Okay, so even if they're not thinking, first of all, about church multiplication, yeah. if they just want to make disciples, you're going to go in and train. Right. And not fight them on the church planting or the model of church. You just want to help them reach people who are far from God. Absolutely. And so uh, you or your team, you're doing that across across Memphis. Yeah. Across Memphis, uh, not only Memphis, but in other cities, and um, in other countries as well. Okay. Yeah. And what in let's say best case scenario? What does a church as a training center look like? Um, it looks like what I mentioned earlier about um, the simple one month training. Let's come in, um, equip, take people out into the harvest, uh, form teams, and give us twelve to eighteen months of coaching to help get to generational growth. And, uh, and so as they form teams, we can just go in there and just do some modeling with them, some assisting and some over, give some oversight and, uh, and to launch them out, you know, and stay in touch with them. I'm trusting God for um, total saturation and to see um, multiplying disciples in churches. And we want to see, like, just the... The unreached people groups who are within the city have an opportunity to respond to the good news, to see new churches started among them. Uh, we have some, you know, like some Yemeni believers um, um, gathered together, um, living out the identity we see in Acts 2, 37 through 47. And we just want to see more, you know. And so uh, I would like to look back and, and say I have no more room to work in these regions one day and to move on somewhere else. And so we'll see what God does. Um, but, but that's the goal. That's where we head. That's where we're working toward. And um, we know that we can't do that on our own with a uh, few amount of teams. And so we want to mobilize as many churches as possible um, to join to join with us and to have a heart that, that wants to see no place better.